Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, that's why I always speak to young footballers now. Like, it's okay. You, you can ask for help. It's important that you do that. If I didn't do that, I don't know if my career would have got to where I am now. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. It's great to be here with you. I'm so thankful for each and every one of your time, week after week, whether it's your first time, you've been a regular. Thank you for coming to this community with us. I hope that you're able to learn a lot from it, and I hope you're able to learn a lot of takeaways in your own life. Whatever it is you're working on right now, whether it's yourself, a new job, or a relationship, I hope you're progressing forward. I hope you're learning some valuable things from this podcast that you can actually tangibly put into your own life somewhere along those lines. I'm always very excited to be doing this with you guys, so thank you. Well, our next guest up on the podcast is no stranger to the rugby league community. His name is Joel Thompson. Some of you may recognize him from the Raiders, the Dragons, or most currently as a Manly Seagull, aka my favorite rugby league team. I can't wait to get him on the podcast. He's been able to represent his people by playing in the Indigenous All-Stars. Actually, in fact, he's played over six games. So the guy's an all-around legend. But I want to really talk to Joel about his own mental health battle and his own struggle over the years and that all stemmed from his childhood growing up but we you know I really want to talk to him about the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people this is an episode you really don't want to miss because Joel is is a very open guy and I want to talk to him about the point in his life where he actually had the confidence to seek help and when I say help I talk about professional help and that was all thanks to some great people in his life. But without giving too much away, I want to get Joel Thompson onto the podcast without further ado. Welcome onto the podcast, Joel Thompson. Wait, what, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. You good over there? Mate, I'm doing the best I can over here. It's um, still, still uh, sort of lockdown, but I mean, got a pretty good healthy routine going at the moment, mate. So I definitely cannot complain. What about yourself, man? Are you, are you in Manly at the moment? Yeah, I'm in Manly. We're still in the NRL bubble. Uh, we got our last game this weekend. I'm recovering from an ankle operation, so at the moment just icing and trying to manage that and speed up the recovery as much as I can. 
I've signed to a, um, to go over to the UK, so I'm heading in December. So I'm trying to get everything you know right body wise, so I can go over there, and hit the ground running, and and you know rip in. Yeah, cool, man, cool. Obviously, you've played a few years in the in the NRL, which I do want to talk about. But obviously, I do want to talk about your your mental health and well being project that you've been working on for quite a few years. But we'll talk about that in a moment and where that all started and why you started that. But firstly, so on the football front, you've played over what two hundred and thirty first grade games. Yes, yeah. Obviously, like a lot of other players, I would have liked to play more, but injuries and uh, things have popped up over the years. And the way I play, I play pretty hard and and don't have too much of a passing game and I just run hard and tackle hard and, and play with that mentality. So I, um, I've done that over my career and obviously just pick up, you know, broken bones and ligaments, what I've done now, just different injuries that have sort of taken a few games away from me. But that's footy. Yeah, that is part of the game, I guess, isn't it, mate? Some of the audience that might not know much about rugby league, so you're a second rower, which means you're, you're, you're what, first off the ruck, sometimes second off the ruck, hitting the whole balls and... All that sort of kind of thing. I'm the player. I've said I've played over the years. Just put your body in the line. I run sort of lines. People at no rugby league is sort of you know you try and set up the players out the back and players around you. And you know I've had a great 13 years involved in the NRL. It's, it's been awesome. But you know just like any professional sports, injuries come along and wouldn't have mind to get over the 250. But you know an opportunity to go to the UK's popped up. Would I have to take? So heading over there for the next part of the journey. Well, mate, that's exactly what it's all about, isn't it? It's about uh, the other parts of the journey and not defining yourself by one, one, one error in the pond, so to speak, which means you've got a, at least a couple of years in front of you once, you once you depart around December. What has been some of the probably the biggest challenges for you as a professional NRL player, mate, over the, over the past 13 years? I guess from the start of my career, I started at the Melbourne Storm and then I got a little bit homesick and I left there and I went to the Canberra Raiders. But I come from the bush, a remote community called Ivanhoe. And I guess I didn't have the tools to deal with adversity, what come with football, uh, the pressure of being a first grade footballer, uh, the injuries. You know, I didn't manage that the best I could. I drank a little bit too much. I didn't, you know, treat myself too well. I wasn't the most professional player. So a lot of those made being a footy player a lot more challenging than it should have been. It took me for a few years and meeting my wife that come into my life that sort of really helped me be the professional over, you know, the last part of my career that helped me. And But yeah, early on, it was sort of, it took me a while to get hold of what it took to be a professional and how to manage different, you know, challenges and stress that, you know, football brings. What I'm hearing you say is you're probably certainly not the only one with that transition. I mean, going into first grade footy and the the pressures of, you know, what you have to prepare and bring each week to, uh, I guess, keep your spot in the team and whatnot. You know, what what would you have told your younger self? Because it sounds like to me that you've learned a lot in the last few years since you met your wife and you've probably started the mental health project what have you learnt most that you wish you would have learned earlier on that would have maybe changed the game for you? Identify the people there to support you. So I probably had, I hung around the wrong crowd at certain times of my career and, you know, through my teenage years, it probably pushed me in the wrong direction, weren't really there to support me and lift me up. And, you know, I just probably had the wrong people around me for too long. And then, you know, my wife actually encouraged me to go and see a professional. I had a I was one of those footballers that, you know, had the coming from the bush. I didn't see any males around me. All the males around me were quite hard men. They were tough men and I'd never seen any of them talk about mental health. That was sort of ingrained in me, which is quite tough for me when I come into NRL and 
Uh, so I suffered alone for a long time. And, you know, it was one afternoon that I sort of broke down to my girlfriend, who's my wife now, and, you know, it's over nine years ago, and opened up and it was sort of like, you know, um, she really pushed me to go and see a professional. And from that point onwards, it sort of changed everything in my life. I really worked hard on myself and dealt with some stuff from when I was a child and, and just really dived into that. And, you know, to where I am now is the best thing that, that I could do. And it's so important for me now to encourage others. Like, there is help out there. Go and get that help and, you know, and not suffer by yourself, which I did for so many years of my career. If I went back, it would be, again, do that years before than I than I did. And it's easier now for you to look back and, you know, and I often find myself doing the same thing sometimes with certain areas of my life where I'm at now and I look back going, I wish I'd known what I knew now because things would have been different. But it's easier said, you know, than done. What would you have done differently back then and why didn't you speak up to someone and why didn't you talk about it? Is it because you didn't have the tools? Is it because you didn't know? I just didn't know him. I just didn't know. I was like, I'll come through this. You know, there's times I'd go to bed and I'd just have all these thoughts running through my head and I couldn't get any sleep and I had to get up and training and, you know, four hours and I had to go to training and perform and put on that brave face and, like, you know, get on with me work. And, like, I wanted to prove myself as a young footballer. In a rugby league environment back in those days, there wasn't really much spoken about mental health or getting help. Like, no one, I didn't know anyone else around me. and. I guess I tried to, again, deal with it the, the way that I only knew, and that was sort of try and work through it, you know, suffer, drink. You know, I was just had the wrong coping strategies, and, and that's where I was at. And, you know, it took a lot of years, and um, there was a stage where I actually got stood down for drinking and got in trouble, and there was different things. My life was just out of control. And, um, you know, meeting my girlfriend, who's my wife, and opening up to her, you know, changed my life, you know, for, I didn't really speak to anyone else because like I said, I just wanted to prove myself as a footballer. I was like, I want to get a first grade spot and be in first grade. I don't want to say that I've got, you know, I'm going through this. I want to, you know, I had this image that I tried to live up to, which was totally wrong. You know, that's why I always speak to young footballers now. Like, it's okay. You, you can ask for help. It's important that you do that. You know, I'm a perfect example of that. And if I didn't do that, I don't know if my career would have got to where I am now. I definitely wouldn't have got to where I am because I was in trouble a lot. Football wasn't a focus because I just had to, so much I was dealing with. So that's why I, you know, always encourage and always I've always felt like I've had to step up and speak about it because I felt like there wasn't enough. Where there is now, but from back then there wasn't enough. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, if you hadn't reached out and asked for the help and, and at the time your girlfriend sort of helped you at that stage in your life as well, maybe your career would have suffered. So so what you're saying is, you know, when you, you're waking up those mornings and you're going to training, uh, you know, four, three, four hours of sleep, lack of sleep, feeling shit house, not feeling your greatest self and trying to put a face on and a smile on at camp or in, in, you know, in training with the crew. Did playing footy and being around the boys silence that by any, any means or did it make it worse, do you think? No, it definitely helped um, being around, you know, my teammates and obviously working towards something to, you know, perform on the weekend. I needed more than just the purpose of rugby league because rugby league is a roller coaster like most professional sports and a lot of workplaces, you know, you have your highs and then you have your big lows of, losing games and during the years of my career at Canberra we lost a lot of games we were down the bottom had coaches that were sacked and so there was some challenging times had injuries had a lot of stuff happening outside of rugby league as well you know I come from a 
dysfunctional family. So I had a lot of different things I had to deal with outside of football as well. So, you know, you talk about your cup, how you fill your cup up. My cup was just overflowing with just so much. And I just didn't have the tools. I just didn't know where to go. I honestly didn't. And that's where I was at. And, you know, one day I was, I was really low and thank God I did that. But I just started to open up to my wife and I was just led all out. And she goes, I'm going to get you help. And she worked at the public service and they had a counsellor, like a connection. She goes, I'm booking this for you. You have to go. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going. And she goes, no, I am taking the day off. I'm going to take you there. So she did that. and. That's where I got the professional help and it changed the course of my life. It really did, to be totally honest, mate, because I didn't really do too much in the community. I didn't do any, actually. You know, when I had a school visit or had a community event, I wasn't interested in going. I just wasn't. But when I started to help out, my wife and the lady got together and I said, you need to do something besides football. I feel like you've got a powerful story. Share your story with others. Volunteer your time. And I started to help out in the Juvenile Justice Centre. That's over nine years ago. And just over the years, I've felt like as much as it's healed me and gave me a real purpose in life, it's, I know it really does have an impact out there with others and, and it helps others. And you know, the people who have got in contact with me said, oh, your story inspired me to go and get some help. I've had those people who have reached out to me. So I just could never stop doing that. And there's a saying, and you've probably heard before, I mean, and I, I heard this not long ago and I actually put up a post recently about it, you know, helping other people almost helps yourself. And I felt that. Were you really surprised when you finally, you know, sought the help that you, you, you didn't even think you needed, but you ended up getting? Were you surprised at how positive it was in your life? I know a lot of people can probably like understand this. So when you first go and speak to someone, it's honestly like you leave that room like a different person. Like, I just opened up. I still remember the moment. I've never met this lady in my life. I still didn't want to go and do it, but it took her uh, a while to get me to open up. But once I did, tears were just rolling down my cheek. And I just, when I left that room, I just felt like a different person. I was like, wow, because I just felt like I had so much baggage. I've had so much happening. I just needed to get out and try and find a way out of it and get the help that I needed to. And, and that's been my journey. Like I, I knew from that day on and I knew I had to work on myself and address different stuff from my childhood and different things that were sort of weren't really spoken about but were there. So, you know, it's been a big part of my life. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people that's probably listening to this and the people that you speak to on a day-to-day basis with the work that you do, you know, with the Mindset Project is... You know, I don't want to reach out and ask for help. They don't understand me. They don't know who I am. But you'll be very surprised because everyone has a journey and it's about trying to find the right fit. And obviously you had a really good fit that day when you, when you met that person who was able to let, allow you the space to open up and create that safe space. That's exactly right. You're so true. Everyone does have a journey and everyone's faced adversity and everyone's story is different, but it's important to sort of connect with different people. Oh, that's why I always like having conversations with people. If there's someone down at a local coffee shop and wherever it is, like I always like hearing other people's stories and their journey and, and what they've been through. And, you know, my story and my adversity is no different to anyone else's. It's just a different, it just looks a little bit different. And I feel like it's been important. And over the years, like how I've got the mindset project up and running is, it's obviously working in different juvenile justice centers, different groups, and I've sort of taken the best from that, professionals, and asked for their permission, but put that together. Like, I'm not, 
I haven't been to university and studied. You know, these are professionals, and I just grab their content and ask for their permission and get people on board and provide that with my story. Obviously, my story is the most powerful thing because it connects with people in so many different ways, but it's also bringing those people on board to provide the content and the information, the resources that people need, and it's important to do that. And on that, what are some of the tools that maybe people that are listening right now, and it sounds like, you know, we're probably delivering similar content in terms of, you know, living in the mindset project. And we'll talk about that later. But what are some tools or what, what's a takeaway right now that you could give someone that's listening who's, who's just at that crossroads in their life? They feel like they're sort of spiraling, but they're coping. They're just hanging on, but they don't know what to do and they're scared to seek help. What, what's your advice to them, mate, from a personal place? Obviously, there's so much advice. We could be on here for hours to give out. <laughs> you know, there really is. And it's important that people start looking in, into what they can implement into their life to change it. And for me, the biggest thing was, you know, identify the good people around you, like you had, like a lot of people have, you know, and really grabbing hold of those people, you know. For me, my wife and my nan were the biggest supporters of my life, and, and I really hung on to those people through life. So, when I was having an off day, I'd speak to those people and really use those support networks and strengthen those people and, and keep my good friends close to me and keep those relationships nice and positive. So that's what I've really focused on over my life. And, you know, unfortunately, I had to cut people that were just dragging me down. And I gave them so many opportunities to say, hey, I need you to change your life or I don't need those influences in my life. I need to be focusing on me and that's what I sort of did and I really put the good people around me to do that. And again, there was so much advice that I've sort of, that's the big one I've sort of taken out of my journey. What you're saying is surround yourself with great people because there's an old saying goes, you become like the people you spend most of your time with, right? So if you're spending your time with people that aren't the best influences, you're likely probably going to go down a similar, similar route. But how hard is it though to actually cut people out of your life you know it's so hard to say okay johnny mate we've been great uh friends for most of our life we're good drinking buddies you're always there for a good time but you're probably never there when we're when i need help you, you know you either pick up your shit and and and, and change otherwise mate I'm, I'm checking out i'm gonna go on my own path that's 100 percent right and i don't go and tell people just to cut people left right no no no, no of course not, of course it's not as easy as that i mean from my own experience i had people that i've given chances to were ringing me you know a day before the game and saying oh can you help me with money to i come from a total different place than a lot of people out there i come from a pretty a tough upbringing um a lot of family and the people i've been around in and out of jail in and out of trouble with so i had a lot of different influence where if I wanted to focus on my own mental health and where I was at, my own wellness, I need to really say, hey, guys, I can't be getting phone calls, you know, like this at this time of the hour, you know, asking me for this or expecting this from, from me, like, and, and bringing a lot of negativity and, and a lot of stuff that was bringing me down. Like, I, I, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. Like, I need you to change. And if you can't, I'm sorry, I have to protect myself and my family. And where we're at, you know, it's a priority for me. And, and and you know, the thing is, I've actually had those hard conversations, and people have actually changed their life and, and where they're at. And they're, you know, I have them involved now. I just had to be, I had to protect myself and my three daughters. Yeah. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. That's, that was a priority for me and, and get those good people around me. And, you know, I guess that was the biggest takeaway for me over my journey. And you, you find when you open up and, and, and create those boundaries in people's lives and you, 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 so basically you're now acknowledging where you're at, you're accepting the journey and where you're at and where you need to get to and be by creating that boundary now around you with those people that were maybe negative influences in your life, it either creates a lot of respect and then they, they mend and they work or you'll never see them again. And that's okay, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Like, you know, the people that I probably haven't sort of continued, you know, having in my life were people that I didn't have a massive relationship with. Oh, people from drinking and people that were sort of just, you know, there some for a bad good time. Yeah, a good time people that were sort of just, you know, hey, come and have a drink or come and do this, come and do that. They weren't adding any value to my life. So when I started to really dive into making me the best person I could be, obviously making a priority of my family, you know, a high priority, like they come first and myself. And, you know, those are the type of people that I sort of just sort of said, hey, guys, this is not my lifestyle anymore. I want to, you know, live a better life. I want to also give my daughters and my family the best opportunity in life and, and have a happy dad. And, you know, me going out and, you know, hanging with certain people and doing the wrong thing wasn't going to allow that. So those are the hard conversations I had. And- but very necessary, mate, for growth and to put you on the pathway you're at now to be the best dad, be the best husband, be the best friend, be the best advocate for what you're doing now, mate. So I, I, I'm very grateful to hear that. I think that's great advice. I think that's un, unreal advice. And I think, mate, I've even been in that situation in my life before, you know, where it's been really hard, rocking a hard place. How do I cut someone out? But, I, you know, they're there for a good time, but they're, they're never really there when you need them or they, it's, it's always a one-way street. What was it like going back to footy? And, and you know, in that turning point in your life, right, where you've, you've, you've sought the help and you've got that light bulb moment, what was that like going back to training and, and did the boys know and did the coaches know? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, no, obviously things changed for me, but my my story just didn't change overnight. I had a lot of work to do on myself and, and where I was at. And over the next few years, I, I've sort of have battled alcohol at different stages of my life. At the moment, I'm 11 months and two weeks 
uh, without touching a drop. Wow. Congratulations, mate. That's awesome. I've had a bit of an accident last year where I was at a bit of a barbecue and I got intoxicated and lost my footing and, and went down a hill and a steep part and hit my head on a on a rock. I don't know if you could see that, but I was put in hospital, flown from the central coast to Sydney and, and put in um, yeah the hospital for a couple of weeks. That was a scary point and I knew from then like I had to really make some serious changes because I've always worked hard on myself. I've spoken to counsellors. I got diagnosed with type 2 bipolar back in 2014-15 and it's a genetic thing. It's in my family but I denied it because it was and a lot of my bad experiences from my childhood were because of someone that was close to me that didn't really treat her bipolar well, didn't own it, didn't get help and it really stopped me from accepting it. It took me to the third time seeing a professional and being told this is what you have. Like, if you want to live a better life, you need to really uh, manage it and, and you know, put things in place to protect yourself. And by then I had a, a young daughter and um, that was my biggest motivator to sort of improve my life. And with that, I sort of was on medication and I was off it because I'd have medication and I'd go to train and I, I felt like it was making me soft. You know, this is silly even saying, I don't know why I'm saying this, but it sort of, I would go to train and it turned me into a, a teddy bear, I felt like. I wasn't competing in different drills. You weren't as aggressive. Yeah, exactly what it was. I've made my career through my aggression, you know, going out and wanting to hurt people and tackle people hard and, and compete on everything. And it took me away. So my wife had got to a stage in our life where she was actually putting the um, medication in my mouth and making, for making sure I swallowed it before I'd go to train and she goes, you know, which is sad, but I was starting to like put it under my tongue and, and spit it out because I, I knew it was and she caught on. She goes, you're back to not sleeping. I can tell you're not taking the medication, and, you know, again. So it was a bit of a journey in that, but over the years, I sort of haven't managed alcohol the best as I probably could. You know, I contradict myself because I go out there and I want to help people and, you know, tell people, you know, do this, do that, but I still had parts of my life that I didn't really have full control of. You know, I want to go out there and help others, but that sort of held me back a little bit. So the accident where I got put in hospital, had the head injury, uh, was quite scary. You know, I haven't had my mum heavily involved in my life over the last few years for different reasons I won't dive into, but my nan's been a big part of my life. I went into her care when I was about 13, and when her and my wife um, come to the you know hospital bed and they were in tears. They are like, oh, we need you You to stop. You know, that was sort of the moment where I went, nah, I need to, you know, give up alcohol. I just, you know, maybe I could, you know, reassess things and have a glass of red and have a beer at a butt, but I'll never go back to that person I was and, and really put that as the last part of my life that I really need to control. And yeah, so 11 months. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. And it's, it's a, like you said, it's a journey, mate. And it's a, yeah, there's no journey that's linear and you know you got to go through these things to realize i guess and acknowledge where you're at in your in your own journey that whole okay i've got to make this and this and this change otherwise this is likely where i could end up what i'm hearing you say and the journey that you've been on is unique to you and mate that's all that you could do is just own that and mate onwards and upwards from here that's what it's all about yeah and that's the biggest thing like i've always just been so real like i, I think that's why i appeal to people because i just go in there and be totally honest and speak from the heart hey guys i am not perfect i do have things in my life that i need to really but i'm working towards a, of controlling those and really working to be a better person it's been a, 
a journey of you know my life from where I was. I was involved with breaking into houses, you know, involved with the police at the age of 14. You know, from that age to where I am now, it's been a long journey to deal with different trauma from my childhood, to deal with, you know, different things that have happened. I'm sort of, I'm working to where I am now at 32. It's been a bit a journey of self-development and working really hard on myself and being disciplined and, and wanting to do that. And, you know, a big motivation is obviously my daughters, but the people around me, I was talking about those support networks, my nan, my best mates, you know, my wife. Those people have always been around me to help me through life and to make me a better person. Yeah, your circle's so important. And it's a lot of the time people underestimate and undervalue how important that is in your life, isn't it? Mate, you've done a lot of great work for rugby league in general. You played for the Indigenous All-Stars, what, five or six times, six times or something like that? Yeah, so uh, Indigenous All-Stars, been very lucky to, you know, to represent them. It's it's not also just about me. It's my community and, you know, all the people out in the bush. You know, I represent them and the Nepa people. And I got lucky, you know, I spoke about that injury. That injury was in October 2019 and I got the captain, the Indigenous All-Stars, you know, a few months later, which, you know, when I had the accident, I was having conversations around not continuing to play football, you know, to protect myself and my health. And But I passed all the tests, the brain tests and all the different stuff and, you know, get the captain, the Indigenous All-Stars was pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Was that was that one of your highlights of your career? Yeah, it definitely was. You know, I had my family up there and just it meant a lot to me. Like I said, it's just not for me. It was for all those, all my family, all the people out there in the bush and, you know, to inspire those young kids out there. Like the kids that are in some tough environments that, you know, things are happening at home that, you know, I was once those little kids. You know, I was, I was exactly sometimes in those same positions where, you don't have hope sometimes, you don't have, but hey, if Joel Thompson can do it, he's been hit like I can do it too. And that's what it's always been about. And, you know, I hope it inspires so many of those kids out there. Mate, there's no doubt that it would have. And, and, that, and that's the beauty of, of looking up to someone as a role model. And everyone has their ups and downs. And as you mentioned earlier, they go through their own stories of trauma and setbacks and things that they struggle with, their vices. Man, we've all got them. But as you just mentioned, you know, playing for the All-Stars is probably one of the highlights of your career. But it wasn't about you. It was now about the people. It was you representing and playing for people that have come through the ranks like you or who are probably sitting there that don't feel like they've got hope. Oh, shit, oh, there's no way. But now looking at Joel, okay, he's come from the same community. He was maybe making some bad mistakes when he was young. He probably got caught up in trouble and all that sort of stuff. And look where he is. It's a pair of making a difference in your life and changing choices. And, you know, you and I both know that a lot of it is easier said than done, but with the right help and the right support in your life and the right, I guess, training and networks and all that, it, it all helps. And that's that's why you mentioned earlier, and it's our motto, it ain't weak to speak. Whether it's speaking about your problems, speaking about things that you, you love, speaking about things that you don't know, that's the beauty of it, man. Exactly right. You said that perfect. And, and another thing is grab hold of those good people, you know, it might not seem like it, but if it's a school teacher, if it's your next door neighbor, an uncle and auntie, you know, your mum, grab hold of those good people and say, hey, I need your support. I need your support to get to where I need to. If it's helping me, you know, stay on track at school, if it's taking me to football training, you know, you just need to get those good people around you and sometimes, you know, distance yourself from ones that are not really helping you if they're encouraging you to go and commit crime or drink or, you know, 
distance yourself from those people who are going to hold you back in some way. Definitely, mate. Definitely. And well said. And how, as far as the Mindset Project goes, I want to just talk about this before we wrap up the show. So wh- where is that at? And what's what's the goals with that? What's your goals with that? Yeah, well, obviously I had big goals because I wasn't sure if I was going to go to the UK. I was actually thinking about this being my last year of footy and going into that. But I'm going to continue doing it. I Hopefully I can go over there to the UK and make some connections and and see where it can go because it's just more about bringing, connecting with more people, you know, bringing professionals on, bringing people on with their resources. My story is only one part of that. You know, it's more about getting those people into the room and then it's more about providing them with what they need and, and getting those conversations started and, and, and continuing, you know, not just to, to leave then and go, hey, all the best. You know, it's more about continuing that relationship and, and seeing where that goes. So, I'll be taking that over there, hopefully continuing any speaking opportunities, uh, developing my content and that. I'm hoping to bring on some people on board with the Mindset Project in Australia while I'm over there. Uh, I've got some friends that are working out of home care and with docs with kids and want to do some mentoring stuff. So maybe we'll be even going heading in that sort of direction because it's something that I've also been passionate about. I started working in juvenile justice centre, sort of doing mentoring and so maybe we'll just keep building and see where things go from there. Mate, sounds great. And I, I mean, just sort of sometimes you just got to go with the flow and let things sort of play out the way they are. And as you mentioned, mate, it's very important that it's a team effort, you know. Don't ever underestimate how powerful a story is. As you mentioned earlier, we all know the power of connections and the power of real stories. that They're very relatable, but we should never underestimate, you know, the influence of resources and, and research and evidence and professionals. And I think together... I think together as one, we can all make a, a larger impact and make more of a fulfilling and wholesome impact, mate. So I think I think your mindset project is certainly heading in the right direction. You know what you're up to. The passion's there. It sounds like you've got an amazing group of people that, that are around it. And again, we're talking about surrounding yourself with the right people. Get the right people involved in the mindset project and there's no doubt it's going to be a home run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like it's something that I'd never thought I'd see myself doing, but Again, it took me back to you know nine years and getting some of that advice that really changed my life and actually found that fire in me that actually got me excited to get out of bed and go, hey, I know I'm going to leave a mark on this world when I leave if I'm going to go out there and help others. So you know, it definitely helped heal me, but it helped give me a real purpose. Not just rugby. I always thought footy was my purpose in life, but it really wasn't. You know, when I found doing this on it's something I'll continue. I'll never walk away from. Just like yourself and you know, people that really do start out this year. There's a special passion in people and a real purpose to go out there and do what we do. Yeah, exactly, man. And it, and it also removes you from that feeling of, okay, I'm going to tie myself up as an identity as a football player because sometimes that's where issues can stem from too. You know, I've had conversations with people on this podcast where sometimes that transition from their professional sports career to the, the unknown is sort of like a lost waters and they feel so lost because they've tied up everything in their football career and they don't know anything else, you know, they don't know any other passions. It's great that you've got, you know, this project here on the side, which something is near and dear to your heart. It's been something that you've been doing for many years that you've got away from the game so that when that day does come, at least you know that you've got something there that's working probably better for you in the long run, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you know? Yeah, 100%, mate. Couldn't agree more. That's exciting, man. And if there's any way that we can ever help spread the love through our channels, and we will, obviously, after the after the podcast airs and whatnot, but how can people locate you, Joel? How can people hunt you down if they want to connect? How can they find the Mindset Project? 
Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, The Mindset Project. Uh, and also, you can just get on my website, www.themindsetproject.com.au. I've had so many people just sort of having just conversations, just having a chat and just, you know, it's always good. Just like you guys, it's always important to connect and build those relationships. And I guess that's what I've done from the start. And during the pandemic, I actually, a lot of the resources I've sent out to a lot of people have sort of got in touch with me. So... You know, if you need help, I'm happy to send out the stuff that we have and, you know, that can help in any way. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thank you. And I've been, you know, I've been a good follower of your stuff across LinkedIn. I think that's how we've connected. Um, but we definitely have mutual friends. But yeah, as far as all the work that you're doing across workshops with youth, you know, schools, workplaces, sporting clubs, if anyone's ever interested, definitely connect with Joel and the guys at the Mindset Project. They're doing some great things in the mental health and well-being space, but specifically what around resilience and stuff like that, yeah? Oh, yeah, obviously it's important to build that you know, mental fitness and talk about resilience and what you can implement into your life to, to build that. So when the next challenge comes along, hey, I'm coming through that, I'm going through that, I'm going to learn from this, I'm going to get better. You know, it's always important to have that language within yourself and the sort of the talk about it and, you know, how important it is as well. It's a, it's a part of having your mental health, you know, in a good place. So It just reinforces that the, the brain is a very malleable place, man. You know that, I know that. With the right help, support, training, understanding, reading, research, you, you can change the way that you think. You can change the way that you, you know, attack problems in your life. You can change the way that you deal with issues that are really, you know, hurting you right now. And it all starts within yourself. And it all starts with putting your hand up and, you know, acknowledging where you're at and, and being okay with where you're at. You said that well. And it's more about just taking that first step. It doesn't have to be a big step, but just a small step of, hey, I'm going to listen to a podcast. If it's this one or another one, it's going to, I'm going to read a little bit of a book. I'm going to you know, dive into something. And it just starts from that. It starts something small, but it grows from there. And you just realize, hey, the next week, I feel good. You know, I'm, putting, you know, I'm putting, practicing my self-care. I'm working on gratitude. I'm putting these things into my own lifestyle. It's really helping me and I can feel the difference. And you can you know, then spread that to your friends and family and have those healthy conversations because we need to do that more. Yeah, I agree, man. Amen to that and help help create more healthy habits and healthy routines. And it, you might slip up every now and then and have your two steps forward, one step back. That's part of life. Don't beat yourself up about it and be okay with that. Give yourself permission to feel that way sometimes, you know, because no one's perfect and we're all, all really are a work in progress, man. So you've summed that up extremely well, mate. On behalf of myself and everyone listening, mate, I hope uh, nothing but the best in the future with, with the transition over to the UK. I think that would be a great one. I'm sure if I make it over to the UK uh, anytime soon, mate, I'll make sure I hit you up and we'll catch up at some stage in this journey, all right? Thanks for having me, mate. And again, love what you guys are doing. You're making a real impact and obviously something that's close to all our hearts. We've lost someone and, and lost family members and seen people through the communities and we know how important this is. So, um, you know, well done to you guys too. Um, you know, it's something that I'm very passionate about, just like you guys and we are making a real difference and a big impact. So, well done. Thank you, mate. Thank you. And thank you again for, for being on, a, on the podcast with me, mate. It's been a real pleasure and wish you nothing but the absolute best. Thanks, buddy. Thank you again for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Please like, share and spread the love to as many people as you can. Let people know that you subscribe to the show. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, 
please join me on the podcast Facebook group at living.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. But in the meantime, stay well, keep living, and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day.